The Calendar Thief by Peter Medawar Episode 3 Burn Lily threw up her father's fish cakes. Ribbons of spit fluttered from her mouth to the ground. As the horse slowed to a trot, Lily was still breathing fast and hard. She could see patches of grass beneath the hooves and the rider's ragged boots. They rode on for what felt like a long time. Lily was struggling for breath, so she tried to keep rhythm with the horse, dipping and rising. Finally, they stopped. The hooded rider sniffed the air and pulled the horse to one side. Lily saw his black sleeves above her. A cord was stretched around her wrists, tight. The rider slipped to the ground with a grunt and started walking away. Lily arched her back, straining against the rope. Where are you going? Snorting gently, the horse ambled over to a patch of grass and bent its neck to feed. Lily wriggled in the saddle. By twisting her belly, she squirmed round until she was lying across the horse. Too late, she saw the flaw in her plan. Oh, not good. Three years ago, her father had sent her on a summer camp in Wales. For Lily, it was a near-death experience. There were fun walks at eight in the morning, camping in the drizzle and cooking outside. Plus, she was picked on by the girls who shared her dorm. One morning, Lily refused to get out of her sleeping bag for breakfast. The other girls left her on the top bunk and walked out with barely a word. An hour later, they came back when she was asleep. They were very quiet. Before Lily could react, two of them had climbed up to her bunk and rolled her off. Her arms were pinned to her sides in her sleeping bag. She fell to the stone floor and broke her thumb. Now... She was falling again. The horse was much higher than the bunk bed and her hands were tied behind her. Her foot caught in a stirrup and she swung down like a pendulum. After a lot of wriggling, she kicked herself free and landed with a wumpf in the sand. The horse glanced down at her and went on eating. Trotted to her feet. She was standing in a shaded avenue of palm trees. To her right, the path continued into the gloom, broken by a patch of sunlight. A blue dune stretched up to her left. The rider was lying on top of the ridge, watching something below. considered taking the path, but it felt like a bad idea with her hands tied behind her back. So she struggled up the slope, slipping and falling. By the time she reached the warrior, she was hot and frustrated. Why have you tied me up? As she knelt next to him, she realised how large he was, twice the size of a man. He smelled of alcohol and a black staff lay next to him on the sand. They were looking down from a sandy cliff. Below them, cynics were attacking a cluster of wagons on the beach. Robed fighters scattered as a creature picked up a caravan and smashed it to splinters beneath its claws. Running away with the same size as her rider, then the cynics were the size of elephants. 
Lily heard a buzzing sound. Her keyfinger went hot as a black cloud appeared above the carnage. She clenched her fist, and her vision zoomed in like a sniper sight. She saw thousands of flies clustered in a mass of wings. It was disgusting, but she forced herself to keep looking. The flies swarmed over the sand and lifted a warrior into the air. He was enveloped in the buzzing blackness. The cloud contracted and dark things dropped out. First a boot, then an arm, and then something purple Lily didn't want to think about. Horrified, she watched on. The cloud of flies opened and a girl stepped out, her cloak as red as blood. Lily imagined the filthy wings and the fat bodies and felt sick. What a gross way to travel. Even though she was hundreds of metres away, Lily saw everything with an eerie clarity. The red girl was looking out to sea. Lily could feel what she was feeling. Her breathing was right in Lily's ear. And she was furious. Movement, muttered the red girl. There it was, a ripple, and another one, ruining her ocean like a moth in honey. She felt a breeze on her neck. Wind. I hate wind. The red girl loved stillness and dead things. Dead things made her feel alive. She hated sudden rain, so she'd swept the clouds off the horizon. And now this. Something horrible was happening, starting with that door on the beach, hanging open like an unfinished book. Lily heard screaming from the shoreline. Next to her, the hooded rider sat up, poised to come charging down the dune. But then he sank back onto the sand. Lily squeezed her finger and zoomed in. A pair of cynics was herding a woman in rags towards the red girl. The red girl watched the peasants scuttle across the beach. Every time she tried to escape, a hook jabbed at her. The peasant had already been stung, so she didn't have long to go. She threw herself at the red girl's feet and looked up at her imploringly. She had a gentle face and broken teeth and her neck bulged with poison. The red girl beckoned her to stand. Where is it, please? What? The contaminant. The woman sobbed and shook her head. The cloud of flies pulsed above her, expectant. The red girl's voice was very soft. I know it hurts. Help me. And I'll heal your wounds. Now, where is it? Gone. Speak up. The woman clawed at her mouth. Ah, your lips are swollen. That's the poison. The woman coughed and spluttered, wild-eyed and trembling. The red girl almost felt sorry for her. Almost. She gave. A rosebud smile.
you're no fun. Her ponytail gently uncoiled and pointed at the woman's robe. Fire jumped out and rippled up the cloth. Soon she was screaming and dancing, beating at the flames. The red girl watched her burn. She liked a good fire, not as good as tearing the legs off toads, but it calmed her down. There was nothing worse than things happening without her consent. She snapped her fingers. The cloud of flies roared down and engulfed the woman. Lily saw her outline writhing in the mass. Then the cloud split and spat out a line of bones. Lily shut her eyes, but it was too late. The red girl stared out across the water. Ripples. Ripples on her immaculate ocean. Ever since that fool had disturbed her, she'd felt invaded. A tail rose from the sand. The red girl stroked it with a smile. News, Major Sneer? There was a series of choking sounds. The red girl listened and cooed to herself. And you sent in a detachment to investigate? A spewing snort. So, it's female. A fly buzzed past her nose. She shot out her tongue and ate it. All around her, the warriors' bodies were being sucked under the sand. Wood cracked and splintered as the cynics pulled the wagons underground. Soon, all evidence of the battle had disappeared. The sand spread out, soft and immaculate, like a sheet. The red girl looked up at the dune, straight at Lily. Murder her. Lily ducked back, terrified. She could have taken the red girl on the playground, but not with her cynics or her weaponized ponytail. Now Lily needed an ally. Whoever this man was next to her, he had saved her from the stings. Lily had to trust him. She knows we're up here. The rider was shaking beneath the cloak. Lily swallowed. We've got to go. The rider snapped round. Whoa! Lily jumped back and rolled down the slope. When she hit the bottom, she scrambled to her feet and ran through the dry forest, away from the murderous flies and the savage with the demented face. Bloodshot. Lily ran through the glittering forest. She had no idea where she was or what was real anymore, but the pain in her wrists convinced her she wasn't dreaming. She'd been knocked out and kidnapped and taken to this place full of bloodshot warriors, monsters and mad little girls. After a while, she slowed to a fast walk, hopping between dry roots. Sagging against a tree trunk, she let herself breathe out deeply. It was the only sound she could hear. Lily was alone for the first time since she'd come to this strange world. No one likes me in here anyway, she thought. There was Celeste, but where had she gone? Lily remembered her excitement when she'd pushed her face through the skin of the orb. But the angel was no help now. Perhaps Lily would find someone else, 
someone kind enough to untie her hands. With a determined sniff, she set off again, panting in the dappled light. The silence was chilling. She wondered if she'd made a mistake coming this way. She remembered her camping trip, when she'd wandered off into the woods to escape the other girls. Even though the forest was quiet, she'd been aware of animals moving around her, the rustle of leaves, birds flapping above. These woods felt unnatural. Here there was only the crunch of her feet on dry leaves, and she was thirstier than she could ever remember. Sometimes she thought she smelled burning. Something came rolling through the undergrowth. Lily froze, afraid it was a red periscope. But it was just an apple. It stopped at her feet, green and shiny. Lily peered into the dimness, but couldn't see where it had come from. Her hands were still tied behind her back. When she knelt to bite the apple, it squirmed away from her dry lips. It was too big for her teeth to get a grip on. In a rage, she kicked the apple away as hard as she could. Lily walked on, hot, sweaty and frustrated. The silence closed in on her. She'd never felt so alone in all her life. Why am I here? The answer had to be in the doors. As she stumbled on, Lily imagined her mother sitting at home, chewing her nails, waiting for her daughter to phone. If mum were here, she'd hug her and tell her off right away. But only after Lily had promised never to open an unknown door ever again. Then she'd burn the calendar. If Lily's big brother were here, he'd guide her with his military training. Brian would know how to get out of this. But then again, he'd never have got into this mess in the first place. Lily shuffled along, her head bent. She burped and tasted twiglets, eaten so long ago. She stopped against an oak tree and drew in a great choking breath, her eyes warm with tears. How her shoulders ached. She wanted to be anywhere but here. Home, school, double chemistry, extra maths, stuck outside in the rain, anywhere but alone in this dead forest. She sniffed. I can't even blow my own nose. If her finger was so magical, why couldn't it cut through the rope? Lily leaned against the tree and slumped to the roots. If this were a cool place with friendly people and talking animals, she might want to stay. But so far she'd been half drowned and snapped at by giant claws. Lily still felt sick after listening to the red girl's thoughts. She could almost taste the blue bottle the girl had eaten. Lily stuck out her tongue, revolted. The horror of the burning woman was catching up with her. She couldn't forget her whimpering or the rider's fury. Lily lay still, curled up. She didn't want to move anymore. After a while, she heard hoofbeats, distant growing closer. When the horse drew up beside her, she knew it was her new best friend, the hooded rider. Lily was too exhausted to care. She just carried on staring at her feet. 
as he slowly dismounted, she remembered his bloodshot eyes and wondered what it would be like to die. Under the Hood You The warrior stood over her, his hood drawn up, his eyes the colour of blood. He was holding an ebony staff. What did she say? Who? The angel. Lily shook her head. The man pointed the staff at her face. A black blade shot out. What did she say? Lily tried to wriggle away, but the blade followed her. The edge touched her lip. She told me I could help against the red girl. The blade didn't waver. Where's the angel? Are you going to hurt her? Yes. The blade touched her chin. Where is she? She wanted to go to Satiri Sat... Lily swallowed, trying to remember. Satiriton. That's right. She wants to find Dylan. It was about the doors and I can open them. Me. The blade dropped to Lily's throat. Lily held her breath, swallowing, trying to think of a way out of this. What else could she say? What were the magic words? He cleared his throat. Dylan. There was a click and the blade retracted. The rider squatted down and pulled back his hood, revealing a network of tattoos and a thatch of spiky hair. He was a punk. A warrior punk. He rubbed his mohawk and spat on the ground. Burned my sister. Lily watched him, trembling. Oh, that woman was... The punk swept Lily up into the saddle like a cowboy picking up a runaway calf. How about untying my arms? The punk slipped a piece of cloth from his robe and rubbed Lily's face dry. She retched at the bitter smell, but at least her nose wasn't running any more. How about my hands? The punk snapped the reins and they galloped off into the forest. Lily considered jumping, but not while the horse was moving so fast. At least she was sitting up this time. She clung to his words about his sister, evidence that he felt something for someone. They rode on. All she could do was clench her legs and lean into the punk's back, gulping at the smell of sweat and ashes as they thundered off down the path. Lily was starting to get used to the rhythm of the horse, but it was very hot and she was growing very thirsty. Although she hated being picked up and trussed like a calf, she was learning to cling to the positives. The rider had probably saved her life on the blue beach, and if he'd wanted to kill her, he would have by now. As they rode down a corridor of trees, she leaned into his back, trying to move with the horse, trying to relax and escape into her thoughts. Door, why can't I get back out? And why is the red girl so mad about a bunch of doors opening? Lily ran over what Celeste had told her, looking for clues, but she couldn't remember much. Despite herself, she smiled. Celeste was a bit overwhelming, but Lily liked what she said about bees. She was annoyed that the angel had flown off, but she was pretty sure the rider was taking her to Satyriton. Perhaps they'd have a phone there. Perhaps Dylan could help her. Who was this Dylan? 
Lily imagined a great sage, a wizard who'd know how to get her home. As they galloped on, Lily tried to figure out how she'd ended up here. She tried going over the bad things she'd done in her life. But all she could come up with was being average at school, having a scattering of friends, and occasionally stealing things. And hardened to flint and violet stones, so the clopping grew louder. Even though the leaves looked fresh and green, this world felt dead. Then Lily heard a new sound, low and melodic. She blinked the sweat from her eyes and listened. Soon she realised the sound was coming from the hood in front of her. The rider was humming an eerie tune. Despite her thirst and uncertainty, Lily felt lulled by the deep melody. Not to sleep, but to dream. She had a vision of the punk on the deck of a galleon. He was behind the wheel, his purple cloak streaming in the wind, his mohawk a regal crest. He was shouting and laughing with his clan, playing games on deck and dancing to the setting of the sun. The vision was so vivid, Lily felt like she was on deck. She could see the blue gulls circling the golden sails, and she could hear the rushing of the sea. The punk paused at the wheel, listening, for there was a faint buzzing, unmistakable, a faraway army of flies. The horse reared up. The punk jumped off and landed in a crouch, swinging out the black blade at the same time. The horse trotted backwards, its nostrils flaring. Lily tensed and clung to the saddle, afraid she was going to get dragged underground. The punk peered through the gloom. There was nothing in front of them. No monsters had come from the woods. No creatures had crossed their path. The punk slashed out with a blade, seeming to cut his own shadow. Then Lily saw a tiny shape fluttering in front of him. The punk was trying to kill a creature a thousandth his size. Lily squinted, wishing the horse would go closer. When she recognised the spotted wings, she burst out laughing. It's a butterfly! The punk stared at the insect, and Lily stared at him. It's only a butterfly! As he got back on the horse, Lily wondered if he was feeling embarrassed. They cantered on. Lily's nose was running again, so she rubbed it on the punk's back. She noticed the butterfly was sitting on his shoulder, rubbing its brown wings. It looked completely comfortable. Lily wondered why he'd been so intimidated by it. Again, she wiped her nose on his cloak. She was aching all over. She couldn't ride for much longer, or she'd fall apart like an old car. The punk sat tall and proud in the saddle, one hand holding the reins, the other by his side. He hummed as the forest thickened around them like dark treacle. The ship and the blue gulls returned to Lily's mind. She sensed she was watching his magnificent past, a time of movement and freedom before the plague of cynics. But the buzzing returned, and with it came the click of a dozen locks.
The gulls slowed their circling, then hung in the air. The ship sailed on, leaving them behind. The singing on deck died down as the sailors realised something was wrong. The sea started to slow. The sails drooped and the crew started looking over the rails, watching as the waves smoothed over and the ship stopped moving. Lily heard more doors locking and tried to put the pieces together. Those jangling eyes, the red girl scowling at the sea, ripples on her immaculate ocean. The doors, she wants the doors locked. And Celeste called me lockbreaker. Still, she couldn't work out how doors locking could lock a land. She'd opened three of them, so there had to be a fourth door, perhaps an exit back home. The horse slowed to a trot, and soon they came to a veil of foliage. It looked like a spider web had caught a thousand green and golden leaves in its silk. It was so high, Lily couldn't see the top of it. The punk backed away, then spurred his horse on. Lily held her breath as they jumped right into the mass of leaves.